The year is 2023. PBS Plus has just launched bringing the world's streaming services to 4,387. How can anyone be expected to go through all this content? Fear not, loyal passengers. Captain Joe Shoes and his first mate Mez are here to travel through space and time to bring you the best nuggets pop culture has to offer. Strap in. It's time for the Car Jomez Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 359 of the Car Jomez Podcast. I'm Mez, and my co-host, as always, is the magistrate of Caravan City, Captain Joe Shoes of the Car Jomez Podcast, but Gomez, we got some bad news today. Oh, what? This is... I don't want to start. What? So let's get something out of the way first. Before we get started, please remember to like this podcast. Make sure you're subscribed wherever it is that you're listening. Share it with your friends. Leave a five-star review if and when you do. Take a screenshot and tweet it to us at Carjomez, and we will send you an autographed 8 by 10 as a token of our appreciation. We do have a review this week, Gomez, so maybe oh. we're not starting with bad news. Oh, we're starting with semi-decent good. news. We got a five-star review, which, remember, is the only kind we accept, and it comes from Choke53 on Apple. He says, motivational. I ran a sub-seven-minute mile while listening to this podcast. Choke, Ooh. you seem like a physical specimen. He's absolutely correct. Yes. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you leaving that review. Remember to hit us up in DMs, and we'll get an 8 by 10 out to you. All right, guys. That is a token of our appreciation. But thank you. Gomez, as we record this podcast, a couple hours ago, we were hit with the news that actor, comedian Paul Rubens, Mm. Pee Wee Herman, has passed away. Terrible, bro. Terrible. Oh. I, I feel bad calling this man Pee Wee Herman when he was obviously a man behind Pee Wee Herman, you know? No, I but think he would appreciate that. That's his thing. I, 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 yes, but like he did other stuff. You sure. Know? If you look at his credits, he has a laundry list of like voice acting roles and other movies that he was in and did stuff in where he wasn't just a weird guy in a bow tie and a, and a gray suit. And limiting him to just Pee Wee Herman feels like a little unfair, except for the fact that it was such an iconic character and persona. It didn't feel like it was just a character. Pee Wee Herman felt like a genuine real person. And even if you go to the Hollywood Walk of Fame, Paul Rubens doesn't have a star, but Pee Wee Herman does. Yeah, I think when you're that iconic, I think you... You maybe you don't like it at first, but I think eventually you come around to realizing, hey, it's not so bad to be remembered for something, something so impactful to many people's lives. It's it's such an interesting character. Where was where do you first remember seeing Pee Wee Herman? Pee Wee's Playhouse. Well, when I was a little kid, I, that was my jam, bro. I, oh, love me some Pee Wee's Playhouse. I was the Pee Wee kid. Yeah, I was a Pee-wee kid myself. Pee-wee's Big Adventure, though, I don't know if I saw that first or I saw Pee-wee's Playhouse first. I do remember Pee-wee's Big Adventure always being one of those movies that would play 
on TV. Oh, yeah. It felt always like on. all the time. It was always, it was on. always 100%. on some channel on TV. Yes. And I must have watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure a billion times. I can't even pretend to know how many times I've made the joke about the basement at the Alamo. I can't even tell you how many thousands of times I've done the tequila dance. Of course. You know, that was for people of our era, that tequila song and dance was absolutely everywhere. It's iconic. I will think of it to the day I die. It was such a big part of my childhood. That's the only place it exists. That's the Pee Wee dance song. That's it. There's nothing else, bro. Uh, I didn't know that. I did a little peewee research today. Ooh, I said, intrigued. because as much as I enjoy peewee Herman, I feel like I don't necessarily know a lot about him or the person behind him. I agree. He he created this character in the mid seventies. And, and this was where I was really looking up. Like where did peewee just suddenly come from? Cause to yeah. me, he just popped in, whether it was in a playhouse with that really cool fucking door with the jagged edges Best. or, or the big adventure, but like, was what was the lead up that led to him getting a movie or a show? Like, where did he come from? He was part of the Groundlings in the 70s, and he became really close friends with Phil Hartman. And this is a character that they kind of created together because they did a uh, performance where it, they all portrayed characters that they thought you may see in nightclubs. So he came up with the character Pee Wee Herman as the guy who was trying to be a comedian but could never remember the punchlines hmm. because he had trouble remembering punchlines as well. And eventually, a couple years later, he starts going on the dating game as Pee Wee Herman. I think he did that it's three separate seven. times. That's great. <laughs> Imagine being the woman who goes on the dating, like looking for love, and on the other end is Paul Rubens as so Pee Wee Herman. So good. Uh, in the early 80s, he auditions for SNL, doesn't get the job, so he focuses on making Pee-wee a stage show, and that's what leads to him getting Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He pitches it because he was working on, I guess it was the Warner Brothers lot, and everybody rides around the lot on bicycles, and he didn't have a bicycle, so people would make fun of him and say, hey, when are you getting your bicycle? <laughs> so this whatever for whatever reason this triggers an idea in him and leads to him to rewrite the entire peewee script he had been working on to make this about a boy and his bicycle i love i love how stupid shit like that just be changing people's lives that's crazy <laughs> and you know and there it was all of a sudden we have peewee's big adventure obviously that led into the sequel big top peewee peewee's playhouse peewee's playhouse is unbelievable and he had the christmas special as well that goes with that phenomenal who was your favorite side character in the playhouse gomez oh i i liked um terry right the pterodactyl guy terry the pterodactyl i was for some reason that's the first thing and globy those are the first i I don't know why those are the first two that pop into my head cherry is the one that first i think of sure cherry but i was a big terry fan do you know how to spell terry's name i don't how is it you can't spell Terry? T E. No. <laughs> How you spell it? P T E. Oh, because it's pterodactyl. Because it's a pterodactyl. Pterodactyl, yes. <laughs> oh, I loved it. I had a, if I could find the pictures, I'll put them up here. I had a 
Pee Wee's Big Adventure birthday party when I was a kid. Because I, I had I got all the toys. I love Pee Wee, bro. So I got to see if I yeah. can find those pictures. I think people would be surprised to like look back and see what a big deal Pee Wee was and Dude, what a part of popular culture he was in the moment. Yeah, he had like a 12-inch like pull string doll. Pull and string. you know what's funny? Like the toys, <laughs> the toys you're talking about, with the playhouse and with the yeah. little characters and stuff, uh-huh. those were made by Matchbox. Really? That's if I crazy. remember correctly, they're made by Matchbox. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah, man. I had I love it. It was the best. That was a great party. I still remember it. Uh, we almost lost Pee Wee in the early 90s due to an arrest at an adult theater in Sarasota. <laughs> it's true. He has rehab, right? That's That was a big deal. Hey, Everyone was the, like, oh, my goodness. The media came out with pitchforks. and t- I, yeah. I don't know whether we'd view it the same today. I mean, probably we'd look to sensationalize the story for the time. But, like, the media did. It was front page news everywhere. Yeah, man. I think the biggest thing was he had such a haggard-looking um, – mugshot that it made things appear to be a lot worse than they were but i mean he basically had to go into seclusion for a good period of time because he was toxic you couldn't put his name on anything no especially a peewee kid character you know definitely not thankfully for him the show had already been canceled before this happened because he had kind of felt the show had run its course but it was about to go into syndication on CBS. All of a sudden, they nixed it. Anything involving mm. Pee Wee got nixed, and he really couldn't do anything for a while. And then about a year later or later in the year, he made an appearance at, I believe it was like the MTV Video Music Awards. And the first thing he says when he gets up to the stage is, so you hear any good jokes lately? Oh, yes. I mean, that was the go-to joke <laughs> in that era. The Tonight Show, Letterman, they love making Pee-wee jokes, bro. My goodness. Uh, and, of course, he did Pee-wee a bunch after that. Uh, one of the things that stands out for me is about 10 years ago, maybe a little bit more at this point, he shows up on SNL as Pee-wee Herman and has a, a like one of those digital shorts with Andy Samberg where they're like, pounding beers, doing the tequila dance, just getting absolutely hammered. And then they run into Anderson Cooper on the street and they like (laughs) beat him up with a chair. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I remember we haven't, we didn't see Pee Wee for a while. And then just Paul Rubin shows up on, on 30 rock, right? Where he plays like a a prince or something. Some kind (laughs) of, I love it. I always remember that. Oh, I haven't seen him in a while. It was good to see him. It's one of those things too, where Paul Rubin's, does not resemble peewee like you can put it together but they're very different people so it almost has to click in your head like oh that's paul rubens oh he does peewee yes anytime you saw him it was always like oh buffy the vampire slayer batman returns it's like oh yo is that peewee it's always it was always so exciting to see him in something other than peewee oh I feel like we never got the big Pee Wee return we were hoping for, though. I know they tried doing with certain had a Netflix movie, right? Had a Netflix movie, but like with anything, comes and goes. Yeah, and I really wish we would have gotten the Pee Wee's Playhouse movie. Like that, I think could have been good. I think now, especially, would have been a great time for it. We see how nostalgia right now, hundred percent. And it's it like killed. everything else. We're all in. We're all in that cycle of nostalgia. But 
right now I feel like would have been such a great time for a Pee Wee special. And it's unfortunate uh, that we'll never get that. And even more unfortunate that he's apparently been dealing with cancer yes. for the past six years now. Yeah, we probably may would uh gotten it sooner, right? He probably, I, like you said, nostalgia is, is perfect timing. Mm-hmm. But he's been sick, so we never got that. That's a shame. Fighting it's, cancer, it, goddamn cancer. He was obviously open to it. He loved the character. It's not one of those things that yeah. he ever got tired of doing from anything I've ever read or seen or anything. Mm-hmm. But, uh yeah, uh rest in peace, Paul Rubens. I appreciate everything you've done in molding our memories and our childhood and giving us laughs. Yeah, baby. Like one of my, do you have a favorite Paul Rubens joke? I actually, I don't. I'm, Cause I was trying to think when I brought and I was, I, I don't, you got one. What's, what's your See, favorite here? It's, it's tough because when I think of Pee Wee, my first go-to line is I'm a loner, Dottie, a rebel <laughs> first, absolute go-to. Sure. But then I go, I know you are, but what am I? Of course. That I always um, think, because the pull but, doll, he said that. That was one yeah. of the things he said. <laughs> but then I think of, I pity the fool who don't like my cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of laugh. That that iconic laugh is always yeah. the first thing I think of with Pee-wee. <laughs> I just, I love it. And then, of course, I will say the tequila dance. When I hear that, I've always only thought of Pee-wee. I can't even tell me. What I that means never in realized any other that sense. was a song on like, its that's own. That's a real thing, exactly. Yes. Like to me, that was just a Pee Wee did it. I was like, when I would hear, I'm like, oh, that's a that's a song. What? Like, yeah, hundred percent. It's Pee Wee's like, dance. You, that's it. If you would have put that on the radio when I was a kid, I would have been like, yeah, you can actually Pee-wee's... listen to this song on the radio. Like, hundred percent. Yep. Like, I truth. thought it only existed in that one scene. Like, if I ever wanted to hear that song, it needed to be. Like me putting the VHS copy in my VCR. Oh, uh, do we? Uh, we don't really talk about Big Top Pee Wee. Were you? Uh, were you into that? It was not okay, really. right? I, yeah, like, I remember like being okay. The pig talk, like that was cool as a kid. It was cute. I can watch. Hey, daddy. I can watch Big Adventure. That's a billion best. times. Large Marge, nothing better than Large, Large Marge. Marge bro. I was at the oh. end is Burt Reynolds playing PW. <laughs> yes, the movie's so Aging good. Mr. Herman. <laughs> Mr. Herman. Oh. Like, That's so good. And I don't know whether it's because I have the nostalgia for it or whether it's just because it's just that much better of a movie. Probably a little column A, a little column B. But big top Pee Wee, I can kind of take or leave. I feel like it never really gave, right? Every once in a while. You know, yeah. Big Adventure was always on, but you always forget. Like, oh yeah, that's right. There's another Pee Wee movie. Not so. Yeah. Good. <laughs> oh, uh, sad way to start off uh, this episode, Gomez. But we have happy memories of the the man who gave them to us. Of course, we cannot not talk about Pee Wee. Come on, bro, it's the best. So let's uh, let's let's stop one second and go from sad news to a little bit of happy news. And and by happy news, I want to give a shout out to a a very loyal listener, a long-time Ooh. listener, our double main man, one of the Council of Jeffs, oh, Jeff Montalvo. Oh, now, yeah. Now, we know on? Jeff. Jeff is Jeff has left reviews. Jeff is always interacting. Jeff is a really yeah. good guy. I've gotten to meet Jeff at a bunch of uh, Creator Pro wrestling shows and New York area events that I've been part of. And Jeff, in the Major Wrestling Pod group this week, was giving away an autographed Hulk Hogan Hulkamania t-shirt. Wow. 
giving it away. He said, all you have to do to enter is show me proof that you're subscribed to the Major World Order podcast and the Car Jomez podcast. Oh, love to hear it. So love I it, suspect that we picked up a few subscribers this week, Gomez, and it's all thanks to our buddy Jeff Montalvo. Like I said, one of the Council of Jeffs, always a good dude. Jeff, very much appreciated, and very cool of you to give away an autographed Hulk Hogan T-shirt. Yeah, it's <laughs> double. It's, that's double crazy, bro. Definitely appreciate it. Hulk Hulk, wow, that's cool. Must be nice. I was just laying around. I figured I'd get rid of it. I don't know what the story is. If he won like some kind of raffle or or he just had it or he bought it. I, I don't know. But the so, fact of the matter is he gave it away. And one of the conditions was you had to subscribe to this very show. So we appreciate that as always. God, God bless. Well, that's good. New, all right. That's good. Steering the ship into happy town. All right. That's good. And now bringing it full through, Happy Town Gomez, I heard that you were a busy bee this week. Oh, bro. This, summertime, right? We, we, we were talking just a couple weeks ago when we talked about, man, it's not a lot of stuff to, to watch. Boy, there's a lot of shit dropping. I didn't even get to everything I wanted to watch. Things are dropping. I don't even know. Harley Quinn, the new season of Harley Quinn dropped. New season I of Harley Quinn. I didn't even know. They dropped three episodes. And then that's going to come out weekly. So I'll definitely be checking that out next week. I can't wait. Love that show. But I, I don't even know, bro. It's, it's too much. Slow down, people. Slow down. It's summertime. We got things to do. We're busy. We're socializing. Partying. Hey, next weekend, I'm going to be in Columbus, Ohio for PowerCon. So. Next weekend is Gomez Week Part 2, bro. You know, woo. What is happening next week? First, we got Ninja Turtles coming out. Okay. We got Meg 2 coming out. Woo. And we got Fall Out Boy concert. Oh, my goodness. What a week. I'm so excited, bro. Oh, yeah. Playing all the hits. Not enough new stuff because now we love that album. We talked about when we first mentioned the album, right? Oh, you know, we'll just listen to it a bunch of times and we'll fall. I love this album so much now. Do you really? Yes, we can't get I, enough. I haven't been able to get into it. Oh, we and so we a couple songs list. where I'm like, oh yeah, this one I like and this one's okay, but I have not been able to get into the album like I have the past ones. Oh, we're loving it. We're we're upset that the set list only has like two or three. We're like, come on, play some more new shit. Come on, bro. The, the one person in in a twenty thousand seat <laughs> building. I've, it's true. I'm like, yo, we used to always say, we don't want to hear that new shit. Now we're like begging, please give us a new song. But I mean, how many times, you know, I don't need to hear that first album no more. It's all right. Let's, let's sweep it under the rug. Uh, what'd you like get to watch, shit. Gomez? Whew, real fast. This is a quick, easy one. I watched uh, Futurama came back. We had mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Came back. It's on Hulu now. Uh, it's every week. They only drop one episode. It's weekly. I watched it. Oh, you know, it was a Futurama episode. They, uh, it was about binge watching and bringing back old shows. So they were, you know, making fun of itself like Futurama does. Mm-hmm. It has some good jokes. You know, I, I didn't mind it. It was fine. To me, it was Futurama episode. If you told me this was an older one, I'd be like, yeah, I guess. You know, I couldn't tell except for the content yeah. that they were talking about. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll watch. I can't promise I'm going to every week run to watch Futurama because yeah. I'll forget about it a hundred percent, you know? So, but I liked it. I'll be there. 
I like the characters. It's fun to be back in the world, right? Hang out mm-hmm. with Zoidberg. Who wouldn't want to hang out with Zoidberg? Now, Zoidberg is the popular one. Speaking of checking back every week for something, Gomez, I finished the show on Disney Plus this week called Secret Invasion. Oh, this fucking show. (laughs) Boy, oh boy. Secret Invasion. Six episodes of Nick Fury goodness, Joe, huh? (laughs) I don't know where to start. I kept... Let me let me start by saying this this show sucks. Um <laughs> did you like anything? Was there an episode you liked or a store like a character? Did you get is, some enjoyment? There is times where I disliked it less, but I can't <laughs> think of anything <laughs> where I was like, "Oh, that's cool" or "Oh, that's fun" or "Oh, that's" There was nothing of that in this show. Samuel L. Jackson has been adamant that he wanted to do more as Nick Fury, wanted to be more involved, right? And instead, like, we get this show where Nick Fury's washed up, the world's moved past him, and it very much feels like, you know what? Like, we should have stopped after Endgame, let everything in Marvel just breathe. And I know you can't do that. I know, like, business doesn't work that way. But at some point, it was over. It was over. We had all had our fill. We all left happy. We were all full. We all left the buffet, right? We had all we can eat. And yet we continued to force these fucking shows down people's throats. And yeah, you and I are guilty as anyone else because we ate them up with a spoon, right? Give us that WandaVision. Give us that Hawkeye. And then we end up with this. A fucking terrible, 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 terrible fucking show. A fucking horrible mess of a fucking abortion. This, I can't even begin to explain how fucking terrible this is. Without a doubt, the worst thing that has ever existed in the MCU. Probably one of the worst things Samuel L. Jackson has ever been a part of. This fucking does nothing for the brand This does nothing for the MCU. This fucking does nothing for anything moving forward. It is fucking horrible. And the way it ends where you think Nick Fury has to go one-on-one with Graphic, right? Our double main man, Kingsley Ben-Adir. Yep, double main man, bro. This is the rivalry we have here. It's Samuel Jackson, the the guy who was going to get them their place to live, their planet, and Here's Gravik, the juvenile pissed off. He's, you know, you turned me into this killer. We're, we're supposed to get that showdown. That's what this has been building to. And we don't even fucking get it. No. It's not even him. Get a fake out. Yep. Bro, tell me what was the point of this show? Because, like, the show starts, stuff happens, the show ends. It's the same. Uh, not, nothing's changed. Nothing's Nick changed. Fury well, comes all to of Earth, a sudden. Runs back up. <laughs> He, he, he leaves, and then they basically leave you with, like, the old Batman 66 outro with the tune in next time for the same MCU time at the same MCU channel. And wait, what? Oh, the scrolls are just going to go live with the Kree now. You couldn't do that fucking 30 years ago? There was It was a pointless show. They didn't build on nothing. The only thing they did, which I, we ever going to see this girl again? Because they made her, like, the most powerful thing that ever existed in the marvel universe 
It's crazy. I don't even know. I don't and even know. We probably yeah. won't ever see her ever again, ever which again. is okay. Which is okay. But, you know, you think that would get talked about. And then we got to talk about, you know, our double main man uh, war machine here turning out to be a... A, what? a scroll. And then... But when, when was he a When was this? Because it, it changes a lot of things. It changes Endgame, bro. That's a very important moment in Endgame that is now worthless if this guy was a fucking alien. It makes no sense at all. So I don't know. I'm sure they'll... Right, because he's got a, a, a thing coming out, I believe, Armor Wars. It's a movie. I mean, if it ever I, comes out, I don't we know. We learn nothing in this. Nothing. We, get no, nothing we get nothing out of this. Uh, we get no expansion on Nick Fury. Like you said, he just shows up yeah. and then leaves again. Yeah. And then at the end, we get the president basically giving a hate speech. And <laughs> people just going around killing anyone they su- suspect is a scroll. And some are, some are and some are not. <laughs> So you just have dead bodies of public figures littering the streets now because apparently it's anyone crazy. can just kill anyone. It's I crazy. don't think this is a world I want to be a part of. And Terrible. maybe due to climate change, I won't have to very long. <laughs> We're all going to die. Uh, Gomez, yeah. is, is that all you have on this? Yeah, no, this is not good. It's not good. So yeah, don't watch it. Don't waste your time. But I think I was able to salvage something good out of this so gomez do me a favor hit my game show music oh snap gomez in the spirit of the finale of secret invasion i am going to offer you a chance to play a brand new game on the card gomez podcast michael jonathan gomez are you ready to play scroll or finish hockey play. Oh, this is gonna be good. I'm I'm excited. I got no shot, bro. <laughs> okay, the point of the game is I'm going to give you a list of seven names, and you have to tell me whether that name is a scroll or a finish hockey player. Oh my goodness gracious. Number one. Howla. I'm going to say that's a scroll. It's an alien. Eric Howell plays for the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> Shit. Off to a bad start. <laughs> Number two, Juan. See, it's got to be a trick, bro. It's got to be a trick. It's, it's, I would say it's an alien. It's a scroll. Juan is a scroll. Okay. Cause I was like, no, there's no, there's no, no, it's got to be an alien. All right. All right. I'm back. Here we go. I'm back in it. Number three, Zorovo. Okay. This has got to be a hockey player. Zorovo is a scroll. Oh, my God. <laughs> Damn it. That is such a hockey player. Come on. Number four, Hints. Hints. I think, I'm going to say it's an alien because they like their short names. Rupe Hints plays for the Dallas Stars. <laughs> God damn it. One, one for four. So far. <laughs> Number five. Pasag. <laughs> That's a hockey player. Pasag is a scroll. God damn it. 
<laughs> All right, so you've lost. You went one in four. That is Holy what we call the gentleman's sweep. <laughs> Holy shit. But we do have two more, so I am going to give you those two. Yeah, Number come six, Saros. Oh, that's the I know that's the scroll. You say Saros is the goalie for the Nashville Predators. <laughs> This is and bullshit. number seven, Faka. It's the hockey player. Faka is a scroll. You went one for seven. Bullshit. <laughs> ah. right, give, me, give me my outro game show music. <laughs> how, how much fun was that? It was a lot of fun. I can't believe I did so bad. I mean, I figured once you didn't get the first one, I was like, oh, we're, this is going to be good. <laughs> I spent a lot of time looking up scroll oh. names. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Just looking up scroll names. Well, like you said, we got one good thing out of Secret Invasion. Well, I said, as I was reading a review of Secret Invasion, I'm looking at some of these scroll names. I go, I wonder what nationality of hockey players their names sound closest to so the first thing i did was look up the swedes uh, and then i said well what about the Finns?" and i was like oh this i think this could work unbelievable oh well that was that was fun john that was fun <laughs> oh goodness okay um so joe i went to the movies a couple times this week joe oh really Ooh. Three times I went to the movies, Joseph. Getting use out of that unlimited pass, huh? Yeah, baby. I movie passed this, showcase, subscribe. You know it. We don't pay big bucks here. It was great. So first thing I want to talk about was uh, there was a big, big in quotations, a big horror release this week. It was a uh, a smaller movie. It's called uh, Talk to Me. This is a movie by A24. It's been... uh, it's been hitting like the festival service. It's it's a movie I've been hearing about for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. Oh, when this movie finally drops, you got to see it. And, uh, you know, I was a fan. Uh, it's like a scary movie. It's about these kids. They play this spooky game where they grab this, like, this hand, this embalmed hand. It's just a hand. And they say some spooky shit and some ghost demons come and stuff like that. And. Uh-oh, you didn't follow the rules, and now bad stuff happens. So, like, it's reliant on not jump scares, but spooky shit happening, like scary mm. images and stuff like that. I'll admit that it was all well done. Like, I was like, oh, that was good. That's a good one. But it's just not it's not my cup of tea, per se. Mm. Not but your still, type of harm. Yeah. But still, I, I could see it, it made, I think, $10 million Made just weekend. over 10 this week. Came in six. Which was... Very good for them. This is. I was going to say. I think that's a good number. You yeah, know, we're talking about an very independent film on a yeah. weekend where there was a yeah. lot of money made. A lot and of money being spent still. So yeah, so it was good. I can see. I can see this gaining a thing. Like I think. Uh, I think it's going to catch on once it gets on streaming and everything. Once it gets in people's faces, this is going to be a, a very popular. So you thing, think this once it gets to streaming, it'll become a bigger thing, but not so yeah, much because theatrically. Uh, because I mean, how much more money is it gonna make? Uh, it may. T- I mean, maybe it'll hang around, but I mean, Barbie's making money. There's two big movies coming out this week, you know, so yeah. I can see it getting lost in the shuffle. 
But, uh, you know, once it hits the streaming platform, that's where most of the people, especially younger kids, I think also, the more the demographic, because I can see, like, teenagers, like, this will be, like, this. You're like, oh, you got to see this movie. I, I, I think it's going to be a thing in the next couple I, of years. And things are going to be a little different, especially here. Um, remember, we're starting school in the South already, so. That's true. That's true, yes. That could uh, impact some of these uh, box office receipts that we got coming in. Yeah, so if you're into that stuff, check it out. Talk to me. It's good. I think you would like it, John. I think, you know, it's creepy. It's well made. Very well made. They call me the crybaby of creepy. <laughs> we don't want you crying, baby. <laughs> the talisman of tears. Uh, the other movie I saw was another I had to, had to catch up, right? Because oh. last week I didn't get to... To participate in the Heimer part of the Barbenheimer weekend. Mm -hmm. But this week, I got to hang out with my double main man, Opie. Oppie, excuse me. Opie. <laughs> Opie. Money said Opie. Uh, Oppie. Oh, I love that that's what people call him. Hysterical. That's a nickname. Yo, Oppie, come here. Oh, <laughs> so good. Oppenheimer, Joe. Woo, what an adult picture. Ooh, fantastic. That's my shit right there. Love it. I'm a big Christopher Nolan guy to begin with. I love all his movies. Except, I mean, maybe not Tenant. I need to watch it again. I enjoyed Tenant, but I didn't love it. All mm. the other stuff, I love it. Interstellar, Dunkirk. Oh, Dunkirk is fantastic. Love that shit. So I'm a big Christopher Nolan guy. He gave me what I wanted. Some good, tense, adult drama. So good. And that's what I was saying last week was with this biopic, you know, based on history, there's no spoilers. You know what's going to happen. And yet still in the lead up to the testing of the atomic oh, bomb, it's, it's incredible. you're sitting there at the edge of your like, seat going, fuck. oh, my God, is this going to fucking work? Like, Holy I know it fucking shit. works. I've seen what it does. <laughs> so, yeah, I um the third act uh i get it like you know once once you have that big like oh my god it's all downhill from once here. you have the situation with the bomb where it's tested <laughs> and we know it works yeah everything after that feels like very anticlimactic sure and I get them it. just sitting in a boardroom and changing testimony back and forth only to have uh the robert downey jr's uh character of uh lewis strauss kind of get his comeuppance at the end it's like i don't know if we really needed that like is that sure. the kind of closure we needed what, what we want to send the people out on yeah i get it but i i do feel that's like a christopher nolan problem a lot of his movies have a big crescendo like two-thirds of the way like think of dark knight right like uh it's so good and then there's so like 40 minutes with fucking two face and bullshit going on yeah. and it kind of takes away from the movie so I, I do feel that's a christopher nolan problem but it wasn't enough to where i'm like oh i still i was still loving it i still enjoyed it. the performances were great everybody is bringing their a game i love seeing iron man he's like i can act bro watch this i can act right you you motherfuckers forgot so it was great i loved it um I don't know if you notice this. Early in the movie, we get the scene where we're just being introduced to Oppenheimer. And we said we got Iron Man in here, right? Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. is in there. But did you recognize Oppenheimer's teacher in a very early scene is a man, an actor by the name of James Darcy, who 
is also a part of the MCU Gomez as the butler Jarvis from Agent Carter, and then eventually, oh, in the, I didn't know, the, I did not notice. Oh, we love Jarvis and Agent Carter. Yes, we oh, do. Man, I did. So not he's the teacher that. that Oppenheimer attempts to poison early oh, in the movie. Yeah, the they fucking poison the apple. What a fucking jerk off. <laughs> Oh, that was good. It was good. I loved it. I didn't see it in anything fancy. I couldn't make those times work, so I just saw a regular screening. But still, it was still it was still pretty to look at. So now Oppenheimer this week made uh, an additional forty six million dollars. Insane, bro. Had it made forty six million dollars on opening weekend, we'd be sitting here going, we'd be like, Oppenheimer was a great success." Wow, he did. Christopher Nolan done it, bro. Wow, one hundred percent. And now after two weekends, obviously it came in second again. Um, I, and think about this. At $46 million, that's just half of what number one brought in. Barbie with another $93 million, where two idiots named Joe and Gomez just two weeks ago sat here and said, eh, maybe it'll do 50 opening weekend. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. bro. But Oppenheimer up to 174 now. Oh, and that's such a great success. Because of the success it's having and because of the staying power it's showing at the box office right now, they're extending its run in the IMAX, mm. basically telling Mission Impossible, fuck you, buddy, this ain't happening. So Mission Impossible hasn't been getting those that bigger extra, receipts yeah. from the IMAX uh, <laughs> prices. Dang. Mission Impossible just sitting at number five this weekend. Now, remember, this is week three for Mission Impossible. So what's that up to now? Only $10.7 million this past weekend, up to 139 total. 139 That is not good. That's so oof. It's I mean, again, it is good. It sounds good, but it's, it's not good. But, oh, my God, that's just damn. Bobby is killing it. 93. I don't know what I expected for a second weekend for either of these movies, but we sat there two weeks ago and we said, eh, they'll probably do okay, but they're not going to do monster numbers. And now they have both had two extraordinary weekends. I believe it's like historically low drop offs, like unbelievably low drop offs, bro. Insane. A $93 million second week is insane. Now, here's the problem with this is, on at least for Barbie, they're going to look at this and say, we got to make another Barbie movie, but this time everything needs to be bigger. It needs to be brighter. There needs to be explosions. So if the budget was 120, now it needs to be 250 yeah. million and 20. Which is like, at, no. At, at some point, like, you cannot <laughs> do that. Like, there, there has to be, no, let's just make another Barbie movie and continue to do things that made this what it was in the yeah. first place. Because you're not doing another $93 million on the second weekend without repeat viewings. And that means that you touched into something in your film that hit people in such a way that where they were like, you know what? Fuck waiting for streaming. Fuck trying to download it illegally. I need to see this again. And I need to see it now. And there are very few movies in the history of movies that I can say I've gone to see multiple times in theaters. Sure. That's true. You know, I've we, seen a few, but not, not a lot. Yeah, I've, I've, gone, I've gone to see movies multiple yeah. times. Don't get me wrong. 
but there's very few after you see it the first time, depending on your level of interest for that movie to strike you in such a way where you have to go back and see it again and pay for it, pay for that privilege to watch it again. There are very few movies. If you think about all the movies you've ever seen in your life that are going to do that to you. So Barbie obviously hits something right for a lot of people. And I would hate for them to get out of what made them successful in just to do some kind of spectacle film, which is, for for lack of a better example, I kind of feel that's what Ghostbusters 2 is to the original Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters 2 decided to become this goofy, geared-toward-kids kind of movie because they saw they were going to be able to merchandise the first one in such a way where kids loved it, but kids didn't love it because it was overly comical and overly goofy. We people liked it because it was smart and it had, it was new. It was refreshing. And that's what Barbie felt like for me, at least I know you didn't like it as much, but when you do these things and you start doing these sequels, you get out of what makes you popular into trying to broaden and, Oh, well, if we just did this a little differently, we'll expand the audience. No, stop it. Cause now you're ostracizing the people that liked it in the first place. So this movie is, it might make a billion dollars, which is just insane to think about, a Barbie movie. But one of the problems now is uh, Mattel is talking like, you know, we need to make that Mattel Cinematic Universe. I, and no. uh, it's like, you know, they already announced a, a Polly Pocket movie that uh, they already have a, a star and it, Lena Dunham is supposed to be writing it. And this is supposed to be the, the next thing along with Hot Wheels and Rock'em, rock'em, sock'em robots, shit like this. Like, I don't know, bro. Uh, Look, you know, can you do uh, like a Hot Wheels animated movie, like for kids? And I'm sure you can, but like, do I necessarily adult. do? Do I want to go see a Hot Wheels movie? No. But what's a Hot Wheels movie? It's just gonna be like a Fast and Furious movie, probably. Exactly. Right? Be like, like we the, already have that. So know? if you make like an animated movie where. Each car has some kind of specialty or whatever. I don't know. I that's the way I envision it, or I would think it would could at least be interesting. I don't see where there's going to be interest in a lot of adults. To I know there's Hot Wheels collectors out there, but how invested are they in going to see a movie? On the list of uh, things that they're still trying to get off the ground, He Man and the Masters of the Universe was Not on happening. that list. It's something it that they said dropped. they are trying to do. They are trying to do it, but Netflix, who just owned the option on it, just decided not to do it. And these but rights they, have been they, passed around. Do they still have the rights when they... They have not done... renewed their option. They have just given okay. it up. Okay. So now Mattel has to option it back out. Okay, but maybe that's good. Maybe that'll mean... Now I, that Barbie's I, made money, maybe now, you know? But the problem is going to be Barbie made money. And Masters of the Universe was already... One of the reasons Netflix just decided not to renew the option was because they wanted $200 million to make Masters of the Universe. You're not sure. getting that. Barbie just made a $100 million movie and as of right now is up to $351 domestically at the box office, not counting what it's doing overseas. If you think you're getting $200 million to do a He-Man movie, you're out of your mind. He-Man basically got shit-canned at San Diego Comic-Con. I don't know if anyone's paying attention, 
the Masters of the Universe Origins line is being moved directly to Mattel Creations, which isn't necessarily the worst thing, but it basically says, hey, this line is all but done. Not worth it for us to put on shelves anymore. It's going to be direct-to-consumer online only. That's what's mm. coming. We've got season two of the Kevin Smith show coming out. And you know what? Not a lot of excitement behind it. A first season left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. Me, not so much. Not de definitely not as good. much as other people. I have gone back to watch it. I will say the replay value for it is not there. Mm, okay. Uh, it does not replay very well. Uh, the figures that have come with it, I think, are cool, but they're not for me. I know people who are buying them, people who are enjoying them. But really what appears to be happening is we are at that point where the bubble has burst on collecting. Everything went through the moon because we were in a pandemic. And now that has come down, whether that's because interest prices are high, buying a home is so expensive. We are still feeling some inflation, despite what the government numbers say. I understand that. Um, the uh, unemployment rate is very low and wages are apparently up across the board, but there are still a lot of regular people who are feeling the belt tight tighten on an everyday basis. And that cannot be ignored. So things like collectibles go out the door. And if you paid any attention at San Diego comic-con, what did you see? Not a lot of cool new stuff, but you saw an awful lot of new repainted stuff. Mm. new versions of the shit you already had, which yep. is kind of what the toy industry has been for a long time now because we don't have original ideas. And yes, we're getting like the Dream Thundercats layer playset, which looks absolutely incredible and got fully funded, by the way. Fully oh, funded already. Nice. Love so it. By the oh, early bird man. date, it got fully funded. I am incredibly impressed by that. I thought the price Crazy. was great yeah. for how big the playset was. I was a little bit scared because it is a niche, a very niche product, and how many people actually have the room for something so massive as this Thundercats playset. But right now, what you're seeing is you're not getting 200. How what the what is the interest level going to be in these Mattel properties going forward? Barbie is a generational yes. property, an intellectual property. Over how many generations you can go see Barbie, your kids can go see Barbie, your parents can go see Barbie, their parents can go see Barbie, and those people's parents can all go see Barbie. You all can share in the experience because at some point in five generations of your life, someone has owned a Barbie doll. Someone has made some kind of Barbie joke. There has been Barbie merchandise, cartoons, clothes, play sets, color forms, whatever the case may be. Barbie has been an institution in the culture for decades and decades and decades. Yes. I cannot say that as much as I want to. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe does not have the same kind of stroke that Barbie has. It doesn't, but I think there's enough people, uh, not, you know, Barbie numbers, I'm sure, but I think a, a, a He-Man movie getting to the theater that looks like a He-Man, I think that would get people excited. They would get your uncle excited. Like, oh, look, there's a fucking He-Man movie. I do think there's a market for it if it's done properly. I think there's a market for it, but I think... They're going to try to overplay what the market sure. is. Sure, yes. And then when the people always. don't show up for it, now yeah, we've just killed have, the yeah. brand. I get that. I get that.
it's the truth. But like you say, Barbie is a an institution. It's an American yeah. institution for years and years and years. This is the first real Barbie movie. Sure, there's a billion cartoon movies, but that's not for everybody. This is a a movie for everybody to come see. And uh, yeah, Polly Pocket ain't bringing in the people like that. No matter how good that movie is. Think of Barbie like the Chicago Cubs for a second. Sure. If you would indulge me. Sure. Sports teams win championships all the time. And a good franchise wins a championship maybe once every 10 years, once every 15 years. So when a, when a team wins a championship, let's, let's say the Pittsburgh Penguins win a championship in 1991. I might have not been a fan back then. Maybe I was too young to appreciate it. But by 2009, I'm the right age. So I have my championship. And the fans before me have their championship. But when you take a team like the Cubs, who it took, what, 108 years to finally win a championship? Now you have generation upon generation for however many people are still alive to have been waiting for the day they get that World Series championship, you are all stuck in what is now a cultural moment that spans generations, that spans all age groups, that spans genders, because you are all experiencing the same moment together. And that's what this Barbie movie was. You got your Barbie movie for multiple, multiple generations. This isn't the New York Giants win a Super Bowl in 1986, and now a whole new generation of fans comes back in 2006 and does the same thing. And then they could get together at Thanksgiving and be like, Oh yeah, that's, well, that's my Super Bowl. <laughs> this is everyone experiencing, experiencing the same thing as one group, as one fan base and having the shared memories that go along with that. It's like the moon landing. You know, <laughs> we don't, we don't have cultural touchstone moments like that very rarely anymore. Usually yeah. when we do, they're in a negative way. It's nine yes. 11. You know, it's yeah. shit like that. It's true. It is. It's never it's never happy things anymore, right? It's usually yeah. bullshit. And also nowadays, right, something terrible happens, and then uh, another day later, another terrible things happen, and another, and another. So, yeah. <sighs> I get that. Yeah, well, we'll see. The new MCU, we'll see how they do, bro. Uh, <laughs> Not good. <laughs> <I'll tell you>. <laughs> Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Gomez, I decided to start a new show this week. Whoa, what the okay? What are you watching, boy? You may have heard the news that on stars this past week, Heel Season 2 started up. Mm, and it's a show, show with Stephen Amell. He used to be the arrow, right? Yeah, green arrow, yep. Um, so he has a wrestling family, and they do this wrestling show, and it was uh eight episodes, they're each about an hour. I watched all of season one. And I heard a lot of good things about him. Yeah. And I heard a lot of good things about season one. And I'm here to tell you, Gomez, that those people all fucking lied to me. <laughs> all those bastards. Wow, you're not a fan of the show, bro. As I'm watching it, it is I'm I'm what I couldn't believe like people thought this was good. And not for I'm like, oh, maybe I just maybe there's a point where it gets good. I don't know. Sure. And I just kept watching. I ate hours of my life this weekend. That's a lot of hours, bro. To, wa to walk away at the end and go, are you fucking kidding me? Can oh, I just watch Secret Invasion here? That's You had a rough weekend, bro. <laughs> the writing is fucking terrible. I, this show, I understand 
I'm someone who has been involved in the wrestling business for a long time. But this is written for people that have not just are outsiders to the business, but don't even know what wrestling is. It's not written for people who know even the first thing about wrestling. Because the way it, these uh, indie companies are treated, like they're, every indie company is basically treated like it's its own WCW. Like there's the big guys up north. But then there's the DFW, the Duffy, oh, the DWL, the Duffy Wrestling Wrestling League, where we do shows in this abandoned shack once a week, and apparently our wrestlers aren't allowed to go anywhere else because, God forbid, you leave, you leave Duffy for whatever Michael Malley's fed in Florida is. Meanwhile, Duffy's in Georgia. Why these fucking two things are rivals and give a shit about what – let me tell you something. People, fans in Duffy – Georgia are not getting in the car and driving to fucking Jacksonville to go see bullshit independent wrestling with guys like the rooster on top of the card. Oh. And for, for the uh, Stephen Amell might be one of the fucking worst actors I've ever seen. This guy has Damn all the good. fucking range of emotions of a fucking plank of plywood. What a, I can't believe like this guy gets booked. He doesn't though. Think about it, bro. He did that Arrow show. It worked there because it's brooding, like it's that kind of bullshit. But he ain't never picked up no steam. He ain't never been in no movies. He, he never like he's, but he's still, like he had a job. Like this show sure. renewed. Sure, but it took a while for him to catch something else. And I guess just wrestling fans watch it and just into it. But really, this guy, you know, he ain't do shit. I was never he really a big guy. Terrible. Terrible. And let me tell you, I, I'm someone who loves a league of their own. And one of the reasons I love a league of their own is number one, I think it's a great story. But number two, it's a baseball movie where I feel like the baseball looks very authentic. This is a wrestling move, a wrestling show where the wrestling looks like hot garbage. It looks fucking terrible. And you would think that they'd have some stuntmen in there or some trained wrestlers kind of doing that. I don't know whether they do or they don't, but it looks like I would shit. think so. I would think they have someone on staff. That's usually how things like that role and the, just the writing the portrayal of how these companies are run gomez i want you i want you to watch the show i have it's been something i've been you know circling around like oh you know i've watched that you know if you guys oh. out there are watching heels or have watched season one of heels you, you gotta hit us up and let us know what is going on because i think the show is absolute dreck oh i love it I love it. I, I keep seeing those ads. Season two, CM Punk is here again. Oh, well, he, boy. he was in season one for yeah. you know, a hot cameo, whatever. He plays Ricky Rabies, the beat up old veteran indie <laughs> guy. And like he shows up and he's like, Hey, Jack, you know, uh, appreciate this. You're putting food on my table tonight. Oh, like, my God. What, what the fuck? At some point, get a job. Like Stephen Amell's character is that he runs his dad's old indie wrestling company, and then he's like a lawnmower salesman during the day. But apparently, he never goes to work because he's always busy doing shit for the bullshit indie wrestling federation that don't bring in no money. And he's got to go around putting out fires all over town because his brother is going to be a heel now. But he's treating the people at the convenience store like an asshole because he's he's being a real heel. You know, I know we're in an era where kayfabe is dead, and there is a, a bit of that that I wish would come back, but this is still fucking 2023. The show is written like it's 1984. <laughs> it, is, the, 
is the show supposed to be current times? Is, yes. It's, it's, oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know if it was like an old thing. Dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh man, heels on stars, folks. The biggest heels are the people who made the fucking show. <laughs> oh, I love it. I have, I will check it out. Definitely. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where I, maybe so. because he was friends with Cody, like people think he's cool. He's not. Yeah, 100%. And, and you know what? I, let me break. I know Cody just got his fucking new documentary on Peacock. I can't wait to watch that. Cody's <laughs> not cool either. The worst. Cornball. Uh, Co- we think Cody's cool because Cody woke up one day and decided just to tell people he was cool. And all of a sudden, we were like, oh, shit. Maybe he's right. <laughs> he's hanging out with those young bucks, I guess. <laughs> I guess he's kind of cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh yeah, I never keep, got the Cody. Thing. Keep working never. on that story, Cody. Yeah, Cody Rose not my thing. I don't get it. But hey, you know the world needs uh, a white meat baby face, right? You need that. I'll tell you what, and this is a true story. Back when All In was going to be a thing at the first time, and they were like, "Oh, we're going to sell ten thousand tickets." Yeah. I was one of the people who was saying, "Big fucking deal. You do it one fucking time, you think you're cool." 10,000 tickets, you're going to sell one fucking time. WWE does that three, four times a week. So you don't impress me by doing it once. And then he said, oh, I'm going to start a company. And I said, who the fuck asked you to be the savior of wrestling? No one. No one. And you know what? People a lot more important than me in the business had the same fucking feeling. Who the fuck asked Cody to do it? But here we are all these years later, and it's like, Okay, maybe I should have shut my mouth because Cody opened the doors for a lot of fucking people to make a lot of fucking money right now. People who wouldn't have that kind of income. People who wouldn't have those jobs. Fuck no. Oh, boy. Maybe I owe Cody an apology. Still don't want to watch his matches. (laughs) 100%. That's the truth. So at the end of the day, Cody, I know you're listening. I'm sorry. I know you're a He-Man fan. I hope you got your Bluebeard Stratos figure by now, but I'm sorry for talking shit. Let's go, Brock. I won't say it won't happen again. It probably will. Oh, yeah. After SummerSlam, we'll be talking shit. (laughs) Especially once I watch your fucking documentary, which I hear is very good, by the way. Oh, I didn't. What? What is the? What's the documentary about? Like what time frame? Like what's about adrenaline in the soul? (laughs) Favorite ice creams, Rocky Road. I love it. Uh, Joe, I'm going to real quick, I'm going to bring up two things, but we'll talk about it at a later date because one of them is Righteous Gemstones. The season finale dropped this past week. I know you didn't catch it yet, so we'll hold off on talking about the season because there's a lot to say. I'll just say what a wonderful season. I, I just love this show. I love me some gemstones. I have been very entertained. I think it's gotten a little bit too ridiculous at certain points. But for the most part, it has kept me still uh, interested and involved and engaged. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. And uh, Joe, did you watch the number one movie on Netflix this weekend? The number one? I didn't watch any movie on Netflix this weekend, so I don't know what it is. Well, it was the number one. I watched it when it wasn't even in the top ten, I guess, because no one knew about it. But uh, Joe, there's this movie called Hidden Strike. 
It stars Jackie Chan. We love Jackie Chan, right? He's awesome. Yeah. And it stars John Cena, bro. John Wait, Cena and Jackie Chan are in a movie called How do we Hair not know Strike. about it? It's I heard about it a while ago and then I forgot all about it. And then I woke up and it was it was there. And I said, I gotta watch this. So <laughs> Joe, whenever you get a chance, I would love for you to watch Hidden Strike. I looked yesterday, it was the number one movie. <laughs> I can't wait to get done with this podcast so I can watch Hidden Strike. So we'll talk about that next week, I'm sure. Oh, baby. <laughs> oh, but we both watched one other thing this week, Joe. Yeah, this was what we told you would be our watch along this week. Disney's Haunted Mansion, based on the attraction that originated at Disneyland in California and also has a version at the Magic Kingdom in Florida and has versions all over the other parks too. You know, you got a Tokyo Disney one and I believe there's one in Shanghai as well. There's a bunch of these. It is a very, very popular attraction. And I feel like in recent years, and when I say recent years, probably the last decade, maybe a little uh, sooner than that, I feel like has really started to hit on all sorts of merchandise and hitting more into popular culture trinkets and collectibles and stuff like that. And that's just Disney doing their thing. But we've also had Funko pops of the ghosts and, you know, little figures and knickknacks where all these ghosts, individual um, idiosyncrasies are being recognized and played up on stuff like that. So haunted mansion, this is not the first attempt at a haunted mansion movie as recently as 20 years ago, Gomez. Crazy. Disney tried doing this the same time they gave us Pirates of the Caribbean. They wanted to give us Eddie Murphy's version of the Haunted Mansion, which obviously did not do well. That was that was the that was the downslide of the Eddie Murphy. That was after the Nutty Professors where he started doing. I was gonna say this was probably around the same time as what, like Doctor Doolittle. It's yes, probably right because that's like 99, 2000. So by the time 2003, yeah, it's, it's definitely down. I did not see that movie and I thought it, I totally forgot it even existed until I, I was too. doing my research uh, for this week. And honestly, I thought about watching it and decided against it. And now that we're talking about this now, I'm probably not going to go back. And it's watch it. I'll be it's honest done. with you. Um, you, the, uh, the reviews have not been good. Yeah, no, it's one of the worst reviewed movies. One of the biggest bombs at the time. I remember. Yeah. Um, did you watch the the Muppet? Right, the Muppets had a haunted Muppets mansion. had a haunted mansion. Uh, it was a Disney Plus exclusive, I believe, just a couple years ago in the pandemic. Yeah. It might be. I um, so. I like the Muppets. I like the haunted mansion. I don't necessarily <laughs> know whether I like that though. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, I think okay. at best it was very meh. Hmm. Did it stick yeah. to, like, uh, was it very it was similar just, to the movie, like, was, that kind I, of thing? It just felt like they were like, here's two things people like, let's make it a sandwich. Let's try to make it. it, I get it, let's try to mush it together, whether yeah. it works or not, let's just try, all right, okay. So, Joe, you, uh, when they first announced this movie, are you, like, excited? Because I know this is your ride, like, is that something you're like, oh, yeah, I, I, can't, I would like I'm to not. see a movie about this? I'm not, because I... I don't get hyped for any of these Disney property movies. Like, if you would just tell me it's like a scary, non-related, you know, haunted house yeah. movie, I'd probably be like, oh, okay. Yeah, I get when it. When you say, oh, Haunted Mansion, it's based on 
the right, right, right away I'm going, when you have to tie it in some semblance to an existing property, an existing intellectual property, now you're already creating a box which you have to work within. Sure. And I don't know that that ever plays very well. Obviously, it worked very well for Pirates of the Caribbean with what they were able to do. We're talking about $4 million in box office. But if we're being fair, those movies get progressively worse by every yes. sequel. The first one's great. And then by the second one, it's like, oh, it's okay. Definitely, yeah. Um, most recently, we watched The Jungle Cruise, right? About two years ago? Yes, that's true, yeah. Neither one of us liked it. Yeah, it wasn't. It was that okay. was part of our. Why do we keep supporting? Why do we the like movie? the Rock? Yes. Why do we like the Rock? <laughs> so when this is coming out, I'm saying, I know I'll see it, but sure. I don't like. I'm not overly excited going into this. I get it. The ride is good enough. You enjoy the ride. That's good. I love I the, ride. the ride. I go on the ride. That's I have it. my nostalgia from the ride, yeah. and I still think it's fun. The haunted mansion. I've never. Now let me say, I've never been to the one, the original one in Disneyland. Okay, I've only sure. been to Disney World, but there's the way the Imagineers have it set up. I feel like there's something new that I can notice every time I ride it. And I've been on the thing a hundred times easily, but all the stuff inside, it's a nice, slow, long ride. So you have the ability to take it in and see things and try to read tombstones, look in the background, see if there's, you know, stuff peeking out at you. So there's a lot of stuff when you go on this ride that you're able to take in. There's a lot visually where it becomes a little overwhelming because there's so much. But I like that about it because it gives me the opportunity to see new things. And if I'm ever there with someone who knows a lot more than me, because I think of myself as a very casual Disney fan. So there are always people who know a hell of a lot more than I do and who can point stuff out to me. I'm always like, oh, well, that, that's interesting. And that's fun. Yeah. And that's cool. Definitely. Okay, because I, you know, I, I'm going into the movie. It's just like, oh, it'll be like a fun, you know, family friendly kind of, you know, spooky movie. Like I'm not like, oh, this is. I'm just like, all right, you know, I like horror movies. You know, let's let's watch this haunted house movie. Now this is PG-13, yes. I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. But I still felt like it was appropriate for kids. Hundred percent. There's, uh, you know, sure. Like the the main ghost is kind of scary, right? The man with the hat, whatever. The hat box is. ghost. Hat box ghost. There you go. Like, yeah, like he's creepy looking. So I get, you know, but realistically, yeah, it's definitely a, a gateway horror movie. You know, to get the kids into yeah. spooky stuff. Definitely. I can see maybe there's a couple times within the movie where they might be a little trepidatious. Sure. sure. But I don't think anything overly scary where it's going to completely ruin. The experience for them. Yeah, I don't think like your kids should be getting nightmares. Like, oh my god, yeah. I'll never. But you know, yeah, it's it's fun, spooky too. Like everything. Also, you know, the danger isn't like, oh my god, we're about to drop dead right now. It's like suspenseful. Correct. Like we got to get away from from stuff, kind of uh, venture. So I feel like also that that's that works. That's not like there's nothing to worry about there. So the story here, Gomez, according to IMDb, mm, Gabby. Got? A single mom hires a tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to help exercise her newly bought mansion after discovering it is inhabited by ghosts. Ooh. Yeah. G Gabby is played by the lovely Rosario Dawson, who we love. I mean, what isn't she in? 
She's, she's always, in a lot of stuff, yes. <laughs> she's in a lot of stuff, stuff all over the map, tone-wise, tenor-wise. Rosario, if there's a movie, Rosario Dawson is most likely in it. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield plays Ben. Love him. Owen Wilson plays Father Kent. Tiffany, oh. Had, uh, Tiffany Haddish plays Harriet. Danny DeVito, Bruce. So that's your, your main guys. Then we also get some, some parts played by Jamie Lee Curtis, the recent best supporting actress winner. She plays mm. Madame Leota. And Ooh, then Jared Leto, Gomez's double main man. Is he the 30 seconds to Mars guy? Yes, he is. And he was saying, <laughs> come break me down because I'm the hotbox ghost, hotbox ghost. <laughs> I, I didn't know he was in the movie, and so like they show like a picture, and I'm I'll like, oh, that looks like Jared Leto, kind of. <laughs> like when they show like the flashback, I was like, oh, I kind of. As far as I'm concerned, he's not in the movie because I mean, that looks like some guy, some drawing the entire time. It's supposed to be him. The amount yeah. of CGI on him outside of the one flashback scene where it's yeah. like. Oh, that might possibly be yeah, Jared. That's, I was Leto. like, I was like, is that Jared? I was like, is that Jared? And then I heard people talking. I was like, oh shit, it was okay. I well, had no I clue. noticed his name in the opening credits because he okay. has like the last one where it's like, and Jared Leto as the Hatbox Ghost. Oh, letting you know, mm, that ghost is scary, bro. I think so. The Hatbox Ghost is created in the '60s for the original. Haunted Mansion. Now, okay. if you think the Haunted Mansion rides are not the same, they're not even the same mansions, both in really? Disney World and Disneyland. Wow. That's crazy. The, yeah, the um the Gracie Manor, as it's known on yeah. Disneyland, is modeled after uh, the well in this movie is the one from Disneyland. Okay, that's the one, okay. the original, and the one in Magic Kingdom is in this movie the Crump Manor. So oh, they're both represented in this movie. That's cool. uh, the reason they're named Gracie and Crump are those were the two lead Imagineers who headed up the uh, building and the Love idea it. behind the magic, uh, the haunted mansion. So that's Love why we have these names represented and always in our mind forever. That's good. Give them some shine there. Love that. So different movie, like I said, I've never seen the Eddie Murphy movie, but from everything I've read, it sticks closer to the story of the ride. Mm -hmm. And with this, we have, obviously this is not it. We get a single mom, they buy this house, they want to turn it into a bed and breakfast, and it's fucking haunted. <clears throat> and you can leave, but there's something about it where the ghosts follow you until you fucking come back. Yeah. And the whole deal with it is there are 999 ghosts in the house and there's always room for one more. Because as we learn, once they get to a thousand, Crump, the hatbox ghost, can now come back to life or something. When he has enough ghosts to replace him, and yeah. now he can go and leave the mansion finally. Mm. And that's the main idea of the ride, right? That's what the ride is? The what, thousand ghosts to be? No, the, it's the just thing? always that, oh, you can come live here too. Oh, I thought it was like, oh, we're always looking. Because don't they say something like that? They were always looking for one more ghost there's, or something. But there's always room for <laughs> one more. But like, okay, the whole I, thing is like, oh, he gets to leave when, when you come yeah. in. Like, That's not the thing. So they kind of expand on that a little bit. Now, the Hatbox Ghost, as we see him there, the scary drawing of him, 
that was an effect in the original Haunted Mansion, but it didn't work quite right because originally his head would light up and then the light of the head would go off and it would appear in the hot box. Yeah. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they couldn't get that to work. So really mm. early on in the um the existence of the haunted mansion, they had to take the hat box ghost out. And he wasn't replaced in the ride until really, I think it was 2015, if my notes are right. That's crazy. So we're talking about decades. Yeah. Where, like this guy was taken out. And he's one of the most notable ghosts, is the That's hat so box crazy. Ghost. Wow. Um, so we get to this movie, we get the woman, uh, Rosaria Dawson, Gabby, moving in, trying to start a bed and breakfast. The place is haunted. She hires this team of wild cards and ragtags. Yeah. Everyone's got a sob story, and they all come to this house, but the second they do and they try to leave, they also get followed home by a ghost mm. until they make their way back. So we got a lot of work to do just to get the people in the house here. That's basically sure. act one, is getting people in the house. Yes. Act two is dealing with the problem. But here's early on, I've got a lot of problems with this. I'm oh, not in love with this movie at all. Okay. And the first problem I have is you can leave at any time. Yes. Like it's not like you're on lockdown. You could go get something to eat. You could go to the museum. You could go to the marina. You could go to yes. the police station and tell the police, hey, the fucking place is haunted. Give them, let them do a sketch and have them completely ignore it and just. <laughs> They think like, he's crazy. And then, and then you just go back to the house because be like, ah, oh, I mean, I guess I got to sleep here again tonight. We got nothing else to do. You know? <laughs> yes. The, the fact that they can leave, it is a little silly. It takes, I mean, I understand the ghosts are following you, so you got to come back. But it does. It takes some of the, the tension away when you can just like, 100%. fuck this. I'm just going to, I'm going to leave right now. And then at one point where they're discussing the plan to like break free from the spirits and the prison that they're in. And they're talking about going to the Crump Mansion. Yeah. And, oh, you have to get one of his items and bring it back. That yeah. way we can do whatever with it. The seance like, thing. Yeah. All the ghosts can fucking hear you. Like, why wouldn't they stop you? Uh, like, apparently they're all on this guy's side. Like, he's the head ghost. They Nah, they hate that guy, bro. They don't like that hot, hot and it's just, guy. It's just the one, like, marina captain, sailboat captain ghost, the fishing boat captain... <laughs> who follows them out, goes with them to this other mansion, and then decides to help them because he just wants to be brought back to the sea. He and like, to chill. No one, no one thinks that's like too convenient. <laughs> oh, the one ghost that happened to go with them? <laughs> oh, I get it, bro. Oh, so I, I think this movie has some cool visual effects, obviously. It's yeah. Disney. They spare no expense. The ghosts look cool. The callbacks, if you're someone who is familiar yeah, how with the was Haunted that? Mansion, there's a lot there where you could be like, oh, and that's that. And that's that. Easter eggs and shit. That's fun. But not in a way where it becomes like overbearing. Distracting. Okay. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. be distracting where you constantly got to look for it in the scene. That's good. So I like that. I thought that was very cool. So I like that aspect of it. Unfortunately, I think this script is not very good. I the think script the is acting not leaves a 100%. lot to be desired. Oh, I felt, really? Yes. I, yes. Thought, I thought some of the performances were good. There is not a lot I like about any of the actors in this movie. I think you Danny like DeVito Owen is, Wilson? He was funny. He was telling At no is. point in this whole movie where it's about ghosts, do at no point does Owen Wilson even say, wow. 
<laughs> you gave me a two-hour and three-minute movie about ghosts with oh, Owen Wilson, and he doesn't say, wow. Once? Not one? Oh, man. <laughs> what about the Lakeith Stanfield? You like him? He's great, right? I think he's very good actor. And yeah. just not in this. I felt like what I felt like his whole emotion. I didn't think they did enough to kind of build him up. Like at one point, he's in love and he's got the, this girl and they're getting it. And then like he's they turn the page. They don't do a lot of character build where I felt like it's needed. And for that reason, when he has these emotional scenes, it feels very contrived. It, it okay. I, and that's the way I feel with all, everything. The Tiffany Haddish scenes where she's the seer, the medium, you know, trying yeah. to come in contact and bring she the ghost. It, it gets very campy. Yeah, when we're not necessarily going for camp in a lot of this movie. And I understand it, it's a haunted fucking mansion. Like, I'm not asking for, you know. Come on, bro. Oppenheimer <laughs> here. <laughs> but it, it's different from the tone of the rest of the movie. Sure. And with Lakeith Stanfield here, I, they're trying to prey on his emotion of having lost his wife. And it kind of comes out of left field. And then it becomes a very sad thing about tater tots. And she's and he this poor man is sitting there having to cry because his wife was hungry for tater tots at one point. <laughs> oh, it's true. I mean, listen, I can't I cannot. You know, I say I enjoyed the movie a little more than you, it seems. Not like I loved it or anything, but I had a fun time because, you know, it was just the fun. I thought everyone was having a good time. I didn't, I, Tiffany Haddish was a little too much. Uh, but, you know, the rest of the people, Danny DeVito was doing Danny DeVito stuff, being silly. I you feel know. like he was underutilized, if anything. He was. He was. I thought he'd be in the movie more based on, you know, like trailers and stuff like that. I, but, uh, and I think. The jokes weren't very funny. The punchlines weren't very funny. The you know the funny wasn't very funny, and sure. the emotion was kind of. There was nothing there where I really felt connected to any of these characters. And then when we do get to the big finale, the climactic finish, it's done in just a way that's beyond convenient, where it's like Danny. Oh, Danny DeVito got knocked down, so now the little boy is gonna. Just run around, but no, nothing stopping him. You gotta let the boy get something, you know. You know, they set it up the whole movie so he could yeah, I, be brave and stuff. You know, so I got a, a cast of very accomplished actors who are not giving me a whole lot. I got a script lacking a lot of punch, and I got a lot of emotion that doesn't come off very emotional. Uh, thankfully, the visual stuff does look good. A lot of the ghosts, a lot of the stuff that you would recognize if you are a fan does come off very good. It's a lot of spot the thing. So I appreciate that. Hmm. I'm going to hit some music here, Joe. Let's do it. Are you a man? A double main man? Are you a man? A triple main man? A man, man, man? A quadruple main man? Are you our man? Are you our man? Mm, Disney's The Haunted Mansion. Mm, where's this for on your main man standards, Joe? 
I'm not going to say I'm disappointed because I really didn't have expectations going in. Sure. You know, it's not it's not like I walked into this movie going, oh man, this is gonna can't wait. Yeah. Exactly. I've been waiting. I, Here we go. I didn't feel yeah. like I was dragged into this by any means, yeah. but it's I just went in. Yeah. Oh, let's let's have a fun time at the movies. And if you can look, I'm I'm shitting on it, and I understand that for good reason. And I'm not. I don't feel like I'm overstating anything. I feel no, like I'm I, talking I within. I think you're very fair. Yes, you're being very fair. But. There's just not a lot of substance to this movie beyond the visual stuff that you would have to already be a Haunted Mansion fan to recognize. I understand that I am not the target demographic for this as well. This is very much a movie for kids. Yes, you know, the, the little kid is the one who gets to be the hero at the end. The little kid is the one whose story we're supposed to, I guess, connect yes. to, even though it's done in a very shoddy story storytelling way. Yes, uh, in, in fact, a horrible connection of storytelling. It's it's very poorly done, if anything. Um, so it's because of that that I'm only going to give it a double main man. There's enough visually for me to look at and not hate what I'm watching. There's just not a lot of good meat on the bone. I'm I'm there with just like a two two and a half. Like I said, I think I enjoyed it a little more than you. Uh, not that you had like baggage coming into the movie that you know, but like I'm like, oh, whatever, like I'm just expecting a fun little time, and uh, yeah, like the movie could be a little shorter, I think, but uh, the script could be definitely better. But for the most part, you know, I had a fun time with it. Like, I'm sitting there, I walked out, I was like, eh, you know, that was cute, you know, it was fine, like you said, definitely. Uh, you know, I had showed Shiloh the trailer. She said, I definitely don't want to see that. She's not into spooky shit at all. But I think in a year or two, if she's into it, I think that'll be a fun movie to watch. I think little kids will definitely get a kick at it. If you got a little kid at home, I'm sure this movie will be, you know, on Disney Plus in time for Halloween. Definitely give it a check. Like, I don't think it's, a, oh, my God, you wasted your time seeing it. I think some people are going to get some enjoyment out of it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a two and a half main man there. But we're both in the same park, and you seem yes. to like it a lot better than me. Um, your boy Guillermo del Toro Gomez mm-hmm. loves the haunted mansion. He loves a and lot of things. Going back as far as 2010, he had been working on a script for this haunted mansion, and he had Doug Jones, our boy, Doug our Jones, boy, Doug Jones. <laughs> he had Doug Jones attached to be the Hatbox Ghost. Oh, that would have been cool. But over the course of a couple of years, he had said he couldn't crack just how he wanted the script to come out. And eventually he said, ah, it's not my movie to make. I can't figure out the way I want to do it. He couldn't just crack it. So he gave it up and he said, maybe I'll be an EP on this. I don't know if he was on this film at the end of the day, but at, for a couple of years, he was attached to this and really wanted to do a Haunted Mansion movie. So when you're a fan of Del Toro, you have to not pay attention to any announcements that's made because this man is attached to like 20 things. I'm not even exact. This man gets attached to so much shit and you get excited. You're like, oh, Del Toro's doing that. What? He's doing that comic? Oh, he's doing that story? And then he does like fucking one of them every four years. So like 
it's like I remember he was a thousand. Oh, that's cool. He's into that. That'll be fun to see. And it just disappears. It just it's always something. Oh, I got too much on my plate. Oh, I couldn't do that. Always something. So when it comes to him, I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. All right, I'll see it. Just like you with a He-Man movie, right? When mm-hmm. the movie's out and you're sitting in the seat watching it, that's when it's real. So Del yeah. Toro, it's like, yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I can't wait for that one. Oh yeah. Okay. Nope. <laughs> Never. Oh man. I love it. All right, Joe. Well, you know, disappointing week at the the movies here for us. Could have been worse. Could have been been worse. But next week, woo, boy, we got some early reviews are good, Gomez. Oh, yes, they are. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. I am so excited. I'm going, uh, not opening right. Opens Wednesday. I'll be there Thursday night. By the time you listen to this, I'll have seen it. And loved it probably because everything I'm seeing, I'm like, I can't wait for this movie. I look so good. I'm very into the idea of them being younger, being actual teenagers. I love that hook. It gives it a reason to exist. You know, it's not just a Ninja Turtle. It's like a new take. It's like, oh, yeah, let me get a new take on Ninja Turtles. Love it. Can't wait. Oh, baby. Now, they did a lot of sneak previews over the weekend. Yes. So, in a lot of places, a lot of people have already seen this movie. Neither of us have. I didn't realize it was even happening until like an hour after I would have been able to go see it. So, I will be going to see it this week. And now that I've seen some of the reviews from people who are legitimate Ninja Turtle fans saying they very much enjoyed this movie, I am my excitement level has risen because of that. Oh, yes. And then, I mean, Joe don't got to go see this movie, but, I mean, I'm going to go see it. Meg 2. Woo! A giant shark attack movie? How could I not run to the theater to see that? Boy, oh, boy. The first one, it's okay. Because it, it'll try to be a little a little too straight. They played a little too straight. From everything I see from the trailers, the sequel looks like they're just, let's crank this shit up. It's a giant fucking prehistoric shark attack movie. Let's have some fucking fun. Looks like Jason Statham's going to punch a shark in the fucking mouth. I can't wait, bro. I can't wait. Woo, baby. Gomez, I'm actually going to add something to this. Whoa, what else? I'm not going to go see Meg 2. That's fine, of course. After the way we started the show, sharing our movies about the wonderfulness that was Pee Wee Herman, how about we try to find some time to watch Pee Wee's Big Adventure this week? Ooh, okay. I like this. We could do this. We'll give people a, a little retro watch. Let me do a little look. Let's see if we can find if it's streaming anywhere. It's uh, it's on Sling TV if you already have it. Sling TV. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you'd have to rent it from Amazon Prime three three thirty nine YouTube. Same thing. Apple maybe TV. I might. Maybe I might have to twitch it up this weekend, huh? Oh. Oh, oh, I think we might have to twitch it up, baby. <laughs> now that would be fun. Oh, I'll see what I could get going here. We'll, we'll we'll take a look. We'll see if I can make something happen for you guys. Mm, but that's all next week. We have a fun show next week, Joe. But mm. we probably got to finish this one first. Yeah, that sounds about right. Let's hit it. It's now time for the big finish. 
All right, Joe. It's big finish time. Look at that sexy wheel up there already. Let's spin oh. it. The sexy wheel. Sexy wheel. Yeah. Sexy. Mm. Oh. oh, here we go. It's a good one here, folks. Today's big finish potato chips. What kind of potato chips you like, bro? We're going to find out. Oh, man. Here we go. I love a potato chip, bro. So, I don't know if this counts, but my favorite chips, like if you give me the option to pick any chips off the rack right now, are like the TGI Friday bacon and cheddar potato skin Ooh. chips. Mm, those are good. I love those. I'm trying to, th I'm trying to think where I'm going to go. Because like I, I love a Dorito. Mm, See, does but that then, count? Like, Count. That's count. what I'm saying. Are we going to do just a regular chip? So we could just do a regular chip. All right. So like regular snacking chip. chips. So then I like um I like Lay's honey barbecue chips. Mm. Oh, very good. Yeah. I love me some honey barbecue chips. Definitely. Oh, baby. If we're including Doritos. It's what you, I, what you I know this is easy. This is a layup. This is probably a top of God knows how many people's list. But how do you turn down? A Cool Ranch Dorito. I love like, a Cool Ranch Dorito. Now, you got to remember, too. I'm at an age where I remember when Cool Ranch was new. A new for, shit. Yep, bro. For years before that, we just had nacho cheese. And when the blue bag of Cool Ranch Doritos first came out, that was like... <laughs> I do like remember... That. I do remember when there was, whoa, there's a new Dorito. I love a Cool Ranch, but I'm also, I'm into the purple bag, the sweet and spicy one, that one. Yeah, very good. Mm, that's 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 my jam. But uh, let's see, what else? What? Mm, like, uh, does an onion ring count? Like, if I got a bag like of the onion, onion ring? Like a Funyun. Is that like a, a, yeah, a chip? Does that count as a chip? If we're counting snacking chips, then yeah, Funyuns. Then count. yeah, I want to put a Funyun on there. I love me some Funyuns, bro. <sighs> my number three $2 bag, no matter where you go, what part of the country you're in, I'm talking about munchos. Munchos, you know Those it, bro. Those things are like paper thin. I feel salty like I'm as saving fuck. on salty as fuck. How the like salt is in that on thing. calories because they're so thin, even though I know I'm not. Munchos, number three. That might be my number three, honestly, because when I go get sandwiches from the store, it's either Funyuns, or munchos. Mm, so I think we're gonna we're gonna have a tie for number three there, baby. Love I like it. it. Love to hear it. Mm -mm -mm. What a fun show. Thank you guys for listening to the Car Jomez podcast. Remember to hit that subscribe button wherever it is that you're listening to this show, or if you're watching on YouTube, remember to leave a five-star review, click like, leave some comments, follow us on all the social media at Car Jomez. You can follow all my personal stuff at the Joe Shoes, youtube.com slash Joe Shoes, where this week I have a new coffee creamer review. It is from Coffee Mate, Nestle Toll House, brown butter, chocolate chip mm. cookie. Gomez. Sounds good, bro. Sounds might good. This be, might this be the best coffee creamer I've ever Fuck. had? Whoa. You'll have to tune in and find out. YouTube.com slash Joe Shoes. And... Please visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Joe Shoes. Gomez wore his. I've got mine. Yeah, it's been a Get while. This, the Magic Shoogie t-shirt. 
help support the channel, help support what we do here. All that money gets reinvested into keeping these projects going. So if you're a fan, please support. Yeah, baby. The Gomez 154X and Instagram. (laughs) Fucking X, bro. X gave it to us. My app changed. I got an X now. It's no oh, I didn't, on yeah. Twitter. It's I, it's terrible. It looks terrible. It's just stupid X. What the fuck is that, bro? You're a cornball. My goodness gracious. Ugh. But yeah. Uh. Also check out the Twitch stream because I'm gonna try and throw some Pee Wee on there for you folks. Twitch.tv slash Mezmovie. Come on in. What an action-packed week, Gomez. Hopefully, no more sad news for next week, but a lot of good stuff to look forward to. So, with all that being said, let's make like Tom and Cruz. Peace!